BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball on this episode we are going to talk about the Astros and Rangers games three and four in Arlington. And by we, I mean Jeff Balky, co-host of Believe in Astros with, who is it? Uh, what's that partner you have? I think some people might know him. Jeffrey Blumster. Oh, yeah. The, <clears throat> the man, the myth, the legend, the meatloaf. All right. So going into these game, these games, I saw, I can't remember where I saw it, but you know how you... You try to look up scenarios, <laughs> and I could have swore that I read this, that no team has ever come back losing the first two games at home in a seven-game series, ever. And I think uh, Red Sox, you know, they were down three to zero, mm-hmm. but they didn't lose right. the first two games at home. So it's never happened before. <clears throat> that is that is an interesting stat. I had not read that, but it doesn't really surprise me. I mean – you know, home field advantage is supposed to mean something. Although I'll say, and you know, in this postseason, that's been turned on its head a little bit. We've had a lot of teams winning on the road, and in years past, uh, now in the in the most recent years, home field advantage doesn't. I don't think it means as much, and it certainly doesn't mean anything to the Astros when they have to play in Arlington. They may as well <laughs> just move to Arlington. I mean, my goodness. And by the way, when I was in Arlington earlier this year. At least half the fans in the stadium were Astros fans. Wow! So it, you know it's a it's a pretty cozy confines, I think, for the Astros. And so them coming back doesn't really surprise me. Now, whether they win the series or not, it's a different deal. All right. So the Astros lose game one and two with our best pitchers. Game one was only two to zero. I think JV pitched well enough for us to win, but for some reason the Astros just can't score at home. And my memory has. Erate been erased. I don't even remember what happened in game two. I know we lost, but I don't well, remember what happened. It was Fromber. You know, yeah, Fromber yeah. had to, he gave up four runs early, just a That's bad right. kind of outing for him. You know, I, I've said really since the beginning of this, I've written about this as well. To me, this whole series boils down to the Astros bats versus 
the uh, Rangers bullpen and the Rangers bats versus the Astros starters. If the Astros starters can play well um, and the Astros bats can do what they need to do against a weak Rangers bullpen, the Astros are going to win. I think that's played, that certainly played out the last couple of games uh, where they got to Scherzer early. And then of course, Andrew Heaney had zero chance against the Astros last night. But when you look at the first two games, yeah, uh, they basically you saw that JV had a pretty good game. Yeah, but the Astros couldn't do anything against the Rangers bullpen. I was uh, gonna buy. Night. I was gonna try to buy tickets to that game, and I was so glad I didn't. I would be oh so frustrated God. to drive from San Antonio and spend right a lot of money just to see that. I, I don't mind if they lose, but to, to yeah. not even score that would be pretty frustrating. It was, it was tough. It was definitely tough, <laughs> and I think that they. You know, for the Astros, they have got to get to the the Rangers bullpen, and then they've got to score on them. That's that's really the key. Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Evaldi are both excellent pitchers, uh, but the Astros should be able to get to them, particularly Evaldi, um, because they've they've hit pretty well against him, and then certainly Scherzer, they've hit really well against him. So yeah. it's it to me, they, if they can get to those guys a little bit and get to the bullpen, that's that's where the the keys to winning for them really are. Yeah, it seems like they they did pretty well against Evaldi, but let's look at this game. CJ, who's had a pretty down year, he had he had very high expectations, but in the playoffs he's been really good. Uh, the Astros showed up. They put Mad Max in for Texas, who hasn't pitched in forever, and I kind of right. thought that was kind of a stretch, maybe, and he didn't last long. Uh, the bases were loaded, and he threw a wild pitch, one to zero, and then my boy Martin Maldonado. Who didn't do anything just like anyone else in Houston drives in two runs and the Astros are up three to zero. Altuve had a home run in the third, four to zero, and Dubon RBI single. Abreu scored. We're up five to zero. What do you think about Dubon? They moved him up in the batting order and he's been delivering. Yeah. Well, they moved him up against lefties. Uh, you know, the, and so that's, I think, I think that was a smart move. <clears throat> putting him there against lefties he's he's just a the thing about dubon is he's just a really good solid hitter you know he's not spectacular he's not gonna you know blow anything away he's gonna take the pitches that are given to him and um you know when you throw when you're throwing him hard and away he's gonna take that pitch and just slap it out there into right field he's sort yeah. of like the 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 astros current version of tony kemp only with better you know, with a better batting average. And I, it's and so, yeah, I I like moving Dubon in there. I think that was, I think that was a really smart move. And in terms of Javier, Javier has been really good the last month, even in the last, his last couple of starts before the postseason, he's been really good. And, you know, I think there are some mechanical adjustments they made a couple of little small things. I also think he just got over his dead arm. You know, I think he had some dead arm issues middle of the season and, um, you know, the other night on the on the broadcast, you had um, Smoltz explaining that you can get dead arm and still feel really good, and you just can't pitch. Hmm. You know, and and I think that's probably what happened to him. And he's been great. Um, honestly, could be your game seven starter if it goes to that. I like having Smoltz on the uh, broadcast because he like gets on him. He's like, "Why would you throw that pitch? This is the pitch you should throw." And it's it's yeah. it's kind of like uh, Tony the, Romo of baseball, of baseball. Right, he's the one guy on there that I can kind of stomach. Everybody else, I'm just <laughs> like, come on, just like, let's move on. 
So Jung had a two-run homer, made a five to two. <laughs> Jordan drove into seven to two. And then Jung had another two-run homer. This guy's a yeah. stud. He's a young kid, seven to Rookie. four. They made it a little bit closer, but Pena added a run. Garcia had an RBI single, eight to five. They fought back from five to zero, but not enough. Javier, five and two-thirds, three hits and two runs, only one walk. He's 2-0 and in the playoffs. Great job. Uh, Naris came in. I didn't expect this to happen, but he gave up a two-run bomb. He can't be perfect right. forever. I think Naris has been amazing. Abreu even gave up a run, and then Presley mm-hmm. picks up save number three. So, overall, pretty good pitching. Uh, it's a good day for, for the bullpen to give up runs if the Astros are going to score eight runs. Yeah, look, the bullpen, uh, When if you give Hector Naris – Brian Abreu and Brian and Ryan Presley, if you give them <clears throat> a four or five run lead, it's going to be very difficult to come back against them. Yeah. You know, they're rested for tonight's game. Uh, the Astros look there. That's a shutdown seven, eight, nine yeah. guys for them. And, uh, and sometimes a little bit longer for Naris or for Abreu. I thought Naris, you know, he's, he's had a couple of weird games, both of those, I think Nairs just gave up. He just threw a, a, a bad pitch. In terms of uh, Abreu, it was just a it was just a single through the le- you know through the right side of the infield after a guy got on. I just none, neither of them pitched poorly. Yeah, and so I just don't imagine they're gonna they're gonna pitch poorly again. So those guys are really good. Um, and uh, as long as you can really you know Christian Javier extended that you know start as long as he could. He started to show some signs of fatigue as he got into the fifth inning there and up into the eighties with his pitch count. But look, if you can get five, five and a third, five and two thirds innings from any of the starters for the Astros, you're golden because you've got a seven, eight, nine guys in your bullpen that can really shut it down. And frankly, given how well Maton has pitched lately, you really have a six, seven, eight, nine setup in your bullpen. That's something that the Rangers they just don't have the uh, the benefit of that. Yeah, the Astros bullpen gave up zero <laughs> runs in Houston in the first two games. So yeah, I think they had given up zero runs in like it would have been a while. So yeah. I think Abreu hadn't given up a run. I thought on the July fifteenth or something. Yeah, July thirteenth. Yeah. I think was yeah. the last time he had given up a run, which is insane. Altuve, who was hitless in Houston, two for five, scored twice. Kyle Tucker, who's been struggling, actually went one for two, and he walked three times and scored. The Astros, eight runs on 12 hits, five for 12 runners in scoring position, and they left seven on base. I think game four, they broke some kind of record with runners in scoring position, and we'll get to that. And game four, Jose Urquidy, this guy was injured along with Luis Garcia. He makes it back. He pitches in the minor leagues for a little while, and he's getting kind of beat up. He comes here and kind of gets lost. And then uh, at at the end, I was like, you know, J.P. France, Hunter Brown, it looks like they're running out of gas. It's about to be playoff time. How about Jose Arquiti? And he's delivered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has. And he didn't have a great outing. I think he only went like two and two-thirds or something. But he's pitching against Andrew Heaney, a guy who the Astros have just manhandled. Uh, in the past, Heaney only made it two thirds of an inning, um, yeah. and just got just got run. I mean, I think he there were, I think the Astros had three guys on base in the first ten pitches or something crazy like that. Um, they so, batted yeah, around. They, <clears throat> yeah, that first inning they just they were they were just really really good. 
again, I think with, with when you look at a guy like Urquidy, main thing for him is you just want him to eat a few innings. You don't need him to be perfect. You just want him to be good enough to sort of hold things down for a little while. And I, I think he just, he started running. I think his b- biggest problem really was he just couldn't command the strike zone. Um, and with the, with the Rangers, you know, th- they're such a good team offensively. You've really, you have to throw in the zone, but you've got to be super careful about how you throw in the zone. And so Christian Javier was great because he was dropping in curveballs right across the middle, right after he's throwing the invisible, that high fastball. So he was changing their eye level, changing speeds. Arkiti just couldn't quite pull that together. His breaking pitch wasn't great, and that's kind of his bread and butter. So I think it was just a, a tough outing for him. But again, the bullpen, look, Hunter Brown comes in, three oh, innings, yeah. um, was spectacular in relief. <clears throat> um, just a really great outing from the bullpen. And again, comparing these two bullpens there's no comparison the rangers oh, yeah. have a, a terrible bullpen and the astros have a really good one and that's that was a huge factor last night yeah you talked about the first inning uh altuve and dubon mm-hmm. both got on and then bregman had a two-run triple and then right. alvarez came up and knocked him in everybody got up to bat and maldi had the bases loaded i believe and struck out Right. Uh, but like you said, Urquidy gave up a home run to Garcia and Jung drove in one and then Seager had a home run. We're tied at three to three and then the Astros handed over to the bullpen. But Jordan, they speak so highly of him on the uh, broadcast. He brought in Maldi, Abreu. Abreu had a three run homer. I do a TikTok page and the Texas Ranger fans were just, we're going to win. We're going to sweep you. And now it's, Look at all the uh, pine tar on Jose Abreu's hard hat or <laughs> hel- I call it a hard hat because of work. His batting helmet. I mean, they're. They, they, it seems like the fans are starting to stress a little bit from Arlington. Well, look, <clears throat> Jose Abreu. <clears throat> I said it on my podcast today. Uh, he's the second best Astro in the postseason. It's and it's and I mean, right now Jose Abreu has four home runs, and uh, and Jordan Alvarez has six. Right, so. These they're the two best players on the team right now in terms of at the bat. And by the way, Jose Abreu is playing a very competent first base he as is. well. He's been very good defensively and also had a stolen base last night. His first <laughs> stolen base in two years. Yeah. Like, what the hell has happened? <clears throat> but yeah, between he and Jordan, there really have been the power bats. Kyle Tucker still really struggling at the plate. Um, so these guys are your are your power bats out there, and Jordan. I still, I am completely confounded as to why anybody would try to bring in a lefty against him. Like, and they keep doing <clears throat> it over and over and over. it happened. They they saw what happened against the Mariners. They saw what happened against the Phillies. This, I mean, Ken Rosenthal for the Athletic did a story today about uh, how Jordan is six for nine against their lefty relievers in this series. Like, stop. Like, or no, actually, let me take that back. Yeah, yeah, Please keep going. Continue doing it continue doing it because the guy is just raking and uh, he's one of the best players in baseball. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. That's just the thing. Yeah. And so between he and Jose Abreu that they've been doing really well. I I saw some positive signs from Bregman, which was good. He hit that triple and he's starting to come around the top of their lineup, you know, one through five yesterday was spectacular. And that's really, you want to keep seeing that. So after Abreu's three run homer, we're up seven to three. Jazz added two more with a two-run homer, nine to three. And then Jordan, of course, brings in another run. And we went 10 to three. 
so much offense. Altuve went three for four. He scored three times. Dubon, two for five. He scored twice. Bregman drove in two. Jordan drove in three. Abreu drove in three. Kyle Tucker, I can't explain it. This guy was the RB, RBI leader in the American League. Oh, for five. Chaz drove in two. Pena, one for four. Maldi, oh, for four. He walked in a run. Mm-hmm. The Astros, 10 runs on 11 hits. And this is what I meant. They they spoke about this. Eight hits with runners in scoring position was some kind of record, I, I guess. Eight for 16. Wow. They left eight on base. Uh, great offensive output by the Astros. You got to love that. I think, you know, first of all, they clearly love hitting in Arlington for whatever reason. Um, but I'll tell you the the thing that's really, this is the thing the Astros did so well last night. I mentioned this on my podcast today. <clears throat> they did what the quintessential Astros have been doing for years now. They have great at bats. They extend at bats as long as they need to. They don't swing at bad pitches, yet they don't strike out that much. I mean, they did all of the things that they normally do. They put lots and lots of pressure. The whole mentality of the Astros is like, listen, we're not going to swing at a pitch we can't hit, even if that means that that pitch might be a strike. We're not going, uh, we're going to put pressure on you by getting on base by whatever means necessary. If that's an infield hit, if that's a walk, if that's a a triple, doesn't matter. We're going to do whatever we can to get on base and put pressure on the other team's defense and pitching to do what they have to do to make the big plays. And they did that in game four, just repeatedly over and over and over again. And I think they're, you know, the Rangers bullpen was just helpless against it. Urquidy, like you said, two and a third inning, five hits and three runs, but Stanek finished the third Hunter Brown, three scoreless Mayton, two scoreless and Montero, a scoreless inning six and two thirds scoreless innings by our bullpen, which is definitely bullpen, a strength. Just unbelievable. You know, Phil Mayton, I always call him the serial killer because he always looks <laughs> like he's so stone-faced. Um, I, I've really been impressed with his outings lately. You know, he was great at the beginning of the season. Then he had that huge dip. He obviously was a little injured. But he's really come back strong, and he looks good. I was so impressed with seeing Hunter Brown go out there and give three innings. Um, <clears throat> this is a team that, from a bullpen standpoint, they're one of the best bullpens in baseball. And we saw that on full display last night. Even – it's not Ryan, it's Ryan Stanek uh, <clears throat> last night coming in there. and One pitch, double play. That's it. And and he ends up getting the win. Like, unbelievable. Throws a pitch, <laughs> gets a double play, gets the win. Easiest wow. outing of his life. It's crazy. So the series is tied 2-2. Two to two. Today is the rematch of Game 1, JV <clears throat> versus Jordan Montgomery. The game is at 4.07. And I wanted to have a, give a shout-out here. It is also... Evelyn Centeno's birthday. That's my friend Frank's wife. So happy nice. birthday, Evelyn. Happy birthday, Evelyn. On Maybe game... you go out today and get yourself a Whataburger honey butter chicken biscuit. <laughs> from... Is that what you're wearing? Yeah. So I got I got this. The Corpus Christi hooks were selling these. I love it. They're like, you know, it's like a Whataburger. Yeah. They wear them on Wednesdays, I think. Yeah. And uh, and I just just a shout out for those guys. I, I don't know any of them. I've never even seen a hooks game before, but their social media is ridiculous. The CC hooks um, uh, Twitter slash X feed. They're acting like the hooks are actually playing in the ALCS. Wow. It's a ama- It's fantastic. And so, <clears throat> yeah, I broke out the old uh, honey butter chicken biscuit hat for today because <laughs> of that. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so JV's 1-1 one one in the playoffs with a <clears throat> 1.42 ERA. And Jordan Montgomery's 2-0 and with a 2.08 ERA. So like I said earlier, JV definitely pitched well enough to get the Astros yeah. a win. But can the Astros take advantage of Jordan Montgomery. Can they do anything against him? What And why is this guy so good? Well, he's he's very, very good, very underrated, um, mixes up his pitches really well. Um, he gets a lot of swings and misses. I think the thing with, with, with the Astros, again, this is another thing that they've done well throughout their, uh, their tenure as the, in the golden age of Astros baseball. They, now they've seen Jordan Montgomery. This will be their fourth time. Uh, at their fourth at bat, fifth at bat, sixth at bat, possibly against Jordan Montgomery. The more at bats they put on a guy, the better the Astros get, the better their game plan is. Honestly, I don't think they had seen that much of Jordan Montgomery coming into game one. So now they've seen a lot. And I think their game plan coming out against him will be different. Um, I think that they will, they will game plan for him as best they possibly can. I think the big key is can can JV settle down? Can he get through innings one and two without too much damage and sort of settle into that groove? Because once JV gets into a groove, he's yeah. very difficult to hit. And then I think from the other side, can the Astros ding Jordan, you know, Montgomery a little bit? Can yeah. they get to him? Can they elevate his pitch count? So instead of going six innings or whatever, six innings plus. He, they can get him out of there in four or five um, and get to that bullpen again, which has got to be exhausted uh, at yeah. this point for the Rangers. So I think that's those are really the big keys for me uh, this afternoon is can they just get Montgomery out of the game sooner rather than later? And can JV just hold on and sort of get into that groove? I think the Astros have the momentum right now. I think <clears throat> definitely it's kind of it's kind of weird to watch the Astros, they lose the first two games and they're just going about their business. Like it was no Mm -hmm. big deal. And even me, you know, I'm getting harassed at work. It's two to zero. The Rangers are going to sweep. I'm like, I'm not worried about it. Like it's the Astros. They, they, they're, they're they're the road warriors. I'm not worried about it. And I I really think they're going to win today. Well, it's shades of what the 2019 world series, right. Against Washington where the home team lost every game. Yeah. Right. And and they went to seven. I I wouldn't shock me. If I kept calling in sick for that, I called in sick (laughs) on game six. I'm like, no way they're going to lose at home again, and they lost game seven. No way they're going to lose every game at home, and they lost. I think everybody called in sick after game seven. (laughs) After after uh, after uh, Garrett Cole got or after when Garrett Cole got pulled, I think Uh. everybody called in sick after that. But uh, you know, I think that that yeah, the Astros have. Um, they just have this innate ability. Well, and also the experience. Look, let's be let's be honest. There's no team that came into this postseason with more experience in the postseason than the Astros. I mean, they have like between the the their players. I mean, they have hundreds of games of experience in the postseason, and that matters. 
You know, it yeah. makes a difference. And I think Altuve got team... his 100th postseason game yesterday. I exactly. I mean, these guys. 100. These guys are, that's incredible. That's like almost a whole season. Considering he's not 40, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I, I they just, I think the experience is a big deal for them. I don't think they get rattled. You know, years ago, I remember uh, during the Houston Rockets second championship when they were playing in Orlando and they were down in game one. And uh, I, I think it was least I'm trying to remember who the sideline reporter was, but they said that they went to both sideline reporters. And when they went to the Rockets, they said, what was their, what was the, you know, the talk and the, you know, when they were down, it was like the end of the game and the Orlando guys were like, going, we need to do this. And we need to, they're very animated. They went to the Rockets huddle and the Rockets were just like, oh yeah, that's fine. Let's do this. Let's do They were just completely calm, just super at ease. That is what the Astros feel like to me now. Yep. They feel like this team that just goes in there like, okay, let's, we got to go out and win one. You saw Altuve in the post game yesterday. Like, Hey, uh, it's not over yet. Everybody's like, well, you know, you got the momentum. He's, now we got another game. Yeah, oh yeah. And I think that's just how they do it. And it's, they, it's, they're hard to kill. <laughs> they're just yeah. very, very hard to kill. Yeah. So coming up is Jordan Montgomery and Evaldi. And then the Astros <laughs> have JV and Framber. Yep. All we need is one good game by either one of these guys. Agreed. And, uh, yeah. But if if we if we can win today, game six is Sunday, and it'll be Framber. And this this is a guy who's thrown a no hitter. This is also yeah. a guy that got roughed up in game one. But uh, let's take a look real quick at the National League side. Oh, Arizona, who shockingly, is even there. Uh, Philly is a it's exact opposite. Every home team has won each game. Philly right. won five to three at home. Then they won ten to zero at home. And then Arizona won last night in Phoenix two to one. So it's two games yeah. to one. They have game four tonight after our game. I you know what's amazing to me about that. So the the ten nothing loss in Philly. I have I have my in laws. I have relatives in Philly. So they're big Philly fans. God bless them. Uh, and you know the the thing that's interesting about that game is you knew that that game was just totally lost when I think it was the seventh inning when they hit a pop-up on the infield and nobody, everyone just stood around and stared at it and just wow. landed right in between the catcher, the third baseman and the pitcher. And and they just kind of laughed. You, know, you could tell like everything that could go wrong for them went wrong, but I will be the first to say, I honestly thought after the first two games with the Phillies, I didn't think anybody was beating them. Like, they are destroying baseballs right now. Yeah. And the fact that uh, the Diamondbacks were able to hold them down in a game to just one run yep. and then win that thing walking, going away, that was a that was a very impressive win. I don't know if they'll, the Diamondbacks will get another win in this series. I hope they make it competitive. I hope they make it as long a series as possible. Ultimately, I think the Phillies are the better team. But, you know, kudos to the Diamondbacks, man. They, they really rallied and came back and... Uh, they have a lot of fight in them. That's a good team. I think if it ends up being the Astros and the Phillies, it's not going to be the road teams are going to win every game. It's going to be tough to win over there. I don't remember what happened in the World Series, but that's a tough place to play. Well, the the Astros are great. I, I will say this. That might be true. But the Astros love going into hostile environments. They love it. It's like a, It's like the drug. It's like, yeah. you know, the... It's like these the the movies where they they get a drug and it suddenly turns them into like superheroes. Like that is what the Astros become. It's crazy. When, 
It's like limitless. They that's what happens to them. They go to another city and suddenly everybody's screaming and throwing inflatable trash cans at them and they just go crazy. And I and that is something that is just I don't know how you get that. I think that you're either born with it or it's forged over years of having to deal with it, but they are excellent at it. So I wouldn't yeah. put it past them to go into Philly and win. Yeah. Um but having said that, You've got to win on home sometime. I mean, they have a home field advantage for a reason. Yeah, you have. You can't to. just you can't lose at home all the time. And the Astros have got to uh, they've got to break that mold at some point, and they have to do it in this series before they can get to the World Series. I'm gonna look it up. I can't remember how many games we won over there. <clears throat> uh, I think we didn't we win two. We won. Uh, let me I think because we won. I think we won game one. And uh, my memory fails me, though, so I'm not. They won game one in Houston. <laughs> we won game two in Houston. Right. They won seven to zero in, in Philly. Then we won five to right. zero. And then right. we beat them three to two. Yeah, we, we won won two out of three in Philly. Twice so we're not scared. No. I take that back, folks. I ain't scared. That's the wor- the like, worse it is, the better we do. <clears throat> I'm telling you, I wish they could like. And, and it's funny, too, because it's Philadelphia. You know, it's some of the craziest fans. That, I mean, they have to grease up the light poles after victories. You know, I mean, it's it's they're like, this is a crazy fan base. Like, you know, and it's like New York or any of those places. These people are nuts. The more nuts they are, it seems like the more the Astros thrive in that environment. Yeah. Um, it reminds me, I told this story on a podcast a while back. It reminds me of Charles Barkley, you know, in the NBA years ago, when fans would scream and yell at him, he'd stand at the free throw line and just hold his hand to his ear. <laughs> He loved it. Like he loved it. He just ate it up. It was, and I feel like that's what the Astros is fuel for them. They just, they love being yeah. the, the, being the bad guys, I think. And, and the, it's hilarious too, considering they're not bad guys. It's <laughs> really weird that they can't get that same motivation <clears throat> from the crowd. I think they had 3 million fans. They probably have the yes. third most fans in uh, major league baseball this year. Yeah. It's, it's just really weird. It is weird. And, and I think, you know, some of it might be just comfort of being at home. And so there's, there's a general sort of, you know, maybe a little, it just an ease where when they're on the road, they have, there's just a little more focus because there's not so much distraction around them. Um, But I also think I, I kind of wonder if something's going on at Minute Maid, right? I kind of wonder if the sight lines are weird at Minute Maid or something, because this is the second or third season now in the last five or six where they have been better on the road. Now, obviously, this is much more pronounced yeah. than we've seen in years past. But in 2017, I mean, the sign stealing year, they were a much better road team, you know, yeah. and they were getting benefit from the trash can. Yeah. So, you know, I, I you just have to wonder if I, I don't know if it's it's I, I maybe it's a comfort level, maybe it's something with the sightlines. I don't know. I don't but, know either. Uh, I mean, they gotta they, get better. When home. they first talked about the Astros players having trouble with the yeah. batter's eye, the next day the 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 uh, what was it the Padres they scored like 11 runs it's like well how come yeah. they can see the ball it's I don't, I don't <laughs> well, know I don't I have no I, idea I, some of it I do think there is that us against the world mentality this that that they do gather strength from that when they're on the road I mean they there are certain places the Astros love to play you know they love to play in Seattle they love to play in Arlington they always have good games in Minnesota like they're just they're a team that loves to be on the road uh, in especially in specific uh, venues. And so, you know, I, I mean, look, I'm no engineer or expert in stadia. However, <laughs> if, if I were the Astros, I might just say, Hey, see what these other guys are doing. And maybe we could do a few things to yeah. sort of like, let's see if we could 
I don't know what they could do, but I'm at least as long as they got Tal's Hill out of there, that's the most important thing they ever did was remove Tal's Hill from center field. Earlier, you mentioned that the Astros like being the bad guys, even though they're not bad guys. Yeah. And I think like that has rubbed off on the fans and other fans are like, I can't believe you embrace this. And it's like, <laughs> we well, do. after like four years of every time we win, we were cheating. And every time we lose, we can't win without cheating. Like you just have to embrace that bad guy persona. Cause like I said, I've been doing this TikTok, and I'm just doing, you know, yeah. just straight up. Let me just tell you what happened in the game. And they just come at me. And now I've turned into this guy that I'm just trying to irritate the other teams. They've done this to me. We've become a fan base of trolls. You yeah. know, what I mean, that's really what's happening. Look, I think part of it is that <clears throat> if you're a fan of the like, I, so I've mentioned my my in-law relative in Philadelphia a few years ago. After the cheating scandal came out, I was up there visiting, uh, visiting them on the, as they say, down the shore in Jersey, mm -hmm. and uh, the Astros came up. And they were like, well, they're cheaters and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and the, the and I was like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And they're like, how can you, uh, how can you like accept the trophy? I'm like, oh, I sleep with it every night. Are you kidding me? Like there's some, there's a, there's a certain joy. You turn into a bad guy wrestler. You just, you're a heel. All of a sudden you make <laughs> yeah. it, you make a heel turn. Yeah, yeah. The heel turn is real. And, and on it. And so some of it too, though, for me is that <laughs> the criticism is so outlandish at times. Listen, I will never sit here and say that the Astros didn't cheat. They clearly did, and they got oh, busted. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the old Damon Wayne's routine. Like my friend went to jail for something he didn't do. He didn't run fast enough. You know, the Astros got caught. So <clears throat> fine. But taking it and going from there to Jose Altuve's wearing a buzzer to all of these other conspiracy theory nonsense that I don't have any time for. I'm like, you want to talk about the hitting the 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 trash cans or whatever using midi using video which a lot of other teams were already doing fine but you want to get into some weird conspiracy theories and by the way there's only three guys on this team that were here in yeah 2017 it's just Verlander Bregman and Altuve. there was there was 12 former 2017 Astros in the playoffs this year on other teams <clears throat> 12 I think your volume turned off <laughs> oh sorry about that i, I think you coughed it off there buddy i did um <laughs> you know none of the and and by the way none of those fan bases are out there booing their current players who They're happen not. to be former that's astros. what i mentioned i was like the, the fan astros is short for are gonna go the astros are gonna go into minnesota and you're gonna boo a guy that wanted nothing to do with it and you're going to cheer Carlos Correa, who took full advantage of it. And Toronto, you're going to cheer George Springer, who took full advantage of it. Like 100%. It's, it's, they're booing laundry. It's fine. Go ahead. And and I like, and honestly, I think it's good for Houston. Like as someone who's a long, you know, lifelong Houstonian, um, Houston has always been a city of self-deprecation. We're a city that sort of thinks of itself as kind of like a not attractive sort of, we're like the, you know, <clears throat> we've always been that kind of city that had a, a little bit of a uh, feeling like nobody liked us, you know, but there was a point, I think that that started to change. And I think a lot of it started with Harvey, 
um, when Harvey happened and you saw how the city really rallied around each other, where we had to depend on ourselves because we clearly weren't getting help from the outside. When we started hearing the national narrative of like, why didn't you guys evacuate? I'm like, have you been to Houston? Do you know what that would take? And so, and I think what happened is there became an us against the world mentality that sort of changed and sort of hardened Houston's. There was a book that came out by this group. They did a, a photo book and it was called um, Houston, It's Worth It. And the whole point was it's worth the, the flooding and the roaches and the lack of scenery and whatever else. And I think that that sort of is something that the city has embraced. And it's something we certainly have embraced with the Astros. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. Hate us. What do we care? Everybody else hates us anyway. So what the hell difference does it make? And I and I I feel like that's a really, you know, Pittsburgh has had that attitude many for many years and they channeled it into the Steelers, you know, this tough guy, sort of we don't care what you think kind of attitude. I feel like it's that's a good attitude for Houston to have, particularly when it comes to the Astros. All right. This is usually the part in the podcast where I let my guest, whoever's with me, say whatever they want to say, your final thoughts for the day. Maybe tonight's game three, whatever you want. I mean, game five, whatever you want to Here's, talk about. Okay. I'm going to tell you something I haven't told anybody yet. I will miss game five tonight because my wife, yes, ready for this one. My wife is the director of communications for the Houston Grand Opera, and it is their season opening night and they're doing a world premiere opera that was been written about in like the new york times and all this stuff i don't care about opera really that much um uh but i will be going to the opera tonight i have heard that at the wortham theater in houston in the intermissions in the breaks they will be posting the astro score <laughs> and you can almost 100 percent guarantee that i will be doing everything in my power to sneak a look do you have an the, apple watch i do as a matter it, of well, fact. there you go. You get the alert. That's, that's, that's what I do at work. Hundred percent. It's, like, it's like I'm there. Exactly. So yes, I will be there in spirit. <laughs> I'll be. I will be writing about it for the Houston Press tomorrow, um, and I will rewatch the DVR probably at like midnight tonight. Hopefully not too drunkenly after a night of frivolity. But uh, it, <laughs> so yeah. So I will be missing the. Live I bought quite a bit of alcoholic beverages for this weekend. So. Listen, man, as soon as the opera is over, two of our friends who we haven't hung out with in a while, we're we're going to Warren's downtown. And anybody who knows Warren's will understand that is where drinkers go to drink. There we so, go. Uh, so it should be it should be a fun night. And I'm hopeful for the Astros uh, win. I'd love Easy. to see them come back to Houston with only needing one win to finish yeah, this off. That would be awesome. All right. So that's all the time we have. The one thing I want to add, and I think I've said this before, there was a time that there's or I guess there's been times where there's no scoring for like eight innings and you're thinking like maybe your Apple watch isn't connected or anything and there's no pitching changes, but anyway, it's game five today, folks at four Oh seven. Happy birthday again to Evelyn. I hope Happy you have birthday, a great day and hopefully the Astros get you a win. Uh, Amen. Thanks for coming on, buddy. I appreciate it. And thanks to everyone. I always there appreciate for it. We'll see you thanks next so time much. on Astros baseball. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.